myth, magic, medicine, and everything in between. Two doctors talking. Hi, welcome to Myth, Magic, Medicine. I'm here today with Dr. Gabriel Be Beats. Is that correct? Yep. Beats? Beats. Yep, that's correct. And, and I'll let him introduce himself. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I thought welcome. it would be... Yeah, I appreciate it. I thought it'd be a lot of fun to uh, to do to be part of a podcast. I don't do many of them, and um, so I appreciate it. But uh, my name is Dr. Gabriel Beats. I'm a vascular surgeon, and I uh, practice in downtown San Antonio. Um, it's a it's a wonderful place to practice. Uh, I take care of we take care of everybody, and um, you know we. We enjoy it, you know. We we brave the pandemic, and so getting to do podcasts and some of these fun things are are just yeah. uh, it's nice, you know. It's a ni nice little break. So yeah. So was your practice very much um, impacted by by COVID? Did were did you were you able to continue to operate? We we had to um, as vascular surgery. Um, you know, we're kind of more on the extreme side of medicine uh, mm -hmm. compared to a lot of other professions in healthcare. And um, there were patients who, you know, for for one reason or another, they would need, they would, you know, have an ischemic leg or caught something off or, mm -hmm. you know, there was a lot of that going on and some very sick patients. And so regardless of, of um, how income was coming in or what we were doing, we, we showed up you know, it was all hands on deck. We showed up for work mm -hmm. every day and uh, we found very creative ways uh, to make uh, protective gear very early on. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, fun, fun days, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, we tried, yeah. We, we did our, you know, we did our best. And then the, as everything else kind of caught up, then, it, you know, over the years, it smoothed out. But um, mm -hmm. I, I'd love to start, I'll give you my background if you want. Please do, please. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in the fact that you didn't, go to school in the u.s that you, you know, right. that all of that is very interesting to me especially as a brit <laughs> yeah of course um so i uh i went to school in the u.s for two years or for i went to high school and uh in, in georgia and mm -hmm. i was a big big football player so like when you see all the stereotype movies about southern football and big high schools and the whole bit and big bands and everything like that was me. I was a, that classic student. I played a lot of football and mm -hmm. I went to public school and it was a lot of fun. And um, my dad worked for Coca-Cola making mm -hmm. soft drinks. And one day he comes home and he's like, hey, we're going to I have an opportunity for a promotion, but we have to move overseas, you know. And in the 90s, that was kind of popular, you know, the mm -hmm. classic corporate executive. And they'd have to go overseas and work on a project. He was a chemical engineer. And oh, that's my, my husband. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A chemical engineer. And, and he's every bit of it. He has books on everything at his house and magazines stacked to the ceiling about it. And um, so after going over there and checking everything out, I thought, I thought it was pretty cool. It was definitely mm -hmm. an adventure, you know, and, um, and particularly with me, I was the oldest and in the middle of high school, which is you know, important in the U.S. And so he's like, are you sure, you know, you're going to trade a lot? And I was like, no, I'm, I'll, let's do it. And, mm -hmm. and it was very different. So we, we moved over to Ireland, uh, northern, uh, just in the northern part of Dublin. Mm -hmm. And um, it was very different. Im immigration was very different back in the 90s. Um, basically, we would 
you'd, you'd check in at the international airport and then uh, once a month or once every other month, the Garda Shikana, so the police force there, they'd drop by our house and they'd walk through it and then they'd have tea with my parents and then they would leave. And then oh, very they'd, civil. <laughs> they'd sign our, uh, they'd initial our passports that we had been there. Mm-hmm. And that and, and that's that's how it was. And later on, when immigration, when Ireland became a much more popular place for people to to migrate to, um, you know, a more formal uh, visa green card, uh, you know, kind of uh, tracking system was was adopted, which was good mm-hmm. too. I mean, they did. I think they did their best, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and so anyway, so I went to secondary school there. So high school, secondary school over there, just for all the listeners. And um, in Britain, they take A-levels, um, which is a big exam towards the end of high school. In Ireland, you take something called a leaving cert. And um, basically, you have to score a certain amount of points. And based on that point system, that determines really what you can apply for. Um, the top ones there... The most popular one would be studying French in law at the same time at Trinity College. That was like the, the, the cream. Huh? That was, yeah. I mean, there are so many people that want that. Veterinary was a big deal there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, becoming a physician was a big deal. Physical therapy was a big deal. And so those were kind of the, the upper echelon ones. And I'm sure if there's people from Ireland and I'm missing one, uh, don't be mad at me. Um, <laughs> so went through that process. And um, while I was there, instead of playing U.S. football, uh, I was adopted to a rugby team and I moved up from playing in secondary school or high school to playing club rugby and then playing under 21s um, for Malahide, which was which was great for me. And uh, and it served me well later on. Um, So then uh, after I went through all that, um, I realized that in in England and in Ireland, you can become a, you can go straight to medical school, um, straight out of high school. And that was very appealing to me. And then when I went back to the US, I saw that as well, uh, that there were specific programs. And so I said, well, that's for me. And I applied to all of them Mm -hmm. and interviewed and my parents were still in Dublin. And uh, so Royal College of Surgeons is where I went to medical school and and had a fantastic interview. Oh, go ahead. I just interrupt you just a bit because a um, it's very if you really know that that's what you want to do it makes sense to go straight from high school into medicine right, right. but it's also cheaper because it's only six years and not eight and can you speak to the the cost of medical training it has gone up a little bit in the last I few mean, years in Britain but in Ireland I think it was a little different for me because I had um, when I was in my interview so so what made me kind of unique was I, uh, my brother, my younger brother and I had won a um, Irish professors of botany award, which is a, a national science contest put on sponsored by ESAT telecom back in the mm-hmm. day. And we, so I, you know, we were able to publish uh, a legitimate research paper when I was 17 and, and that kind of put me in a different spot. Mm-hmm. And then when I interviewed, um, four spot they took eight of us from the U.S. and I think they liked me because I said listen I know your system I know your Mm -hmm. weather I already played rugby for Malahide under 21s that piqued their interest because they had a we had a strong rugby team and Mm -hmm. and a lot of boosters around it 
and uh, and I won't let you down, you know. And I already know, you, and I know the culture, so I'll, I'll mm -hmm. blend right in just fine. And um, they were like, "Well, do you want to play for us?" And I said, "Sure." And I got a you know scholarship for that, and uh, that was it. Uh, the yeah. interview it was great, and and I was accepted, and it put me on a whole new path, you know. It's great. Uh, when I, I, my first year after attending it, my parents and my family, my dad's uh, tour of uh, providing service overseas was done with the Coca-Cola company. And he returned back to, my whole family returned back to Atlanta, Georgia, mm -hmm. um, where he became, he climbed the ladder a little bit more. And then I stayed over there for another six years, well, five and a half, technically, um, and, uh, and it was wonderful. You know, I loved living over there. So very different system. And then finishing there and then going through the match um, and coming back here for general surgery. Mm -hmm. Was it fairly smooth for you? Or did you I, have to, that, I mean, the, name, the names of drugs are different, but I mean, the basics are the same, of course. But did you I find the was, culture I, different? I think that going through the match, um, you know, because you're coming from outside the U.S., even though it was coming from Ireland, in Europe, you had to have a little bit more enthusiasm on your application. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I did do uh, rotations in the U.S. I made sure that um, I had good letters of recommendation. Um, and then, of course, I did. I wrote quite a bit. I wrote a, a lot of publications, you know, in my opinion, for being a medical student um, and just tried to get as involved as I could um, in that process. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and then I, I interviewed at a lot of places. So I think you have to bring a little bit of extra effort there, uh, mm -hmm. as you, especially if you're going to apply for some of the tougher things. So general surgery at that time was extremely popular because of Gray's anatomy. You know, everybody wanted to be a general surgeon, mm -hmm. um, which is fine. And, the, and it was it was popular. Uh, the like it, I went to University of Kentucky and they interviewed they had probably 500 applications. Uh, they interviewed, I believe, 80 of us, and then they took five. Yeah. And out of those five, three graduated. Well, the others chose to go other ways. They took uh, yeah, they took call at surgery and said, no, not for me. <laughs> right. Uh, it's not for everybody. So I think once they realize, you know, general surgery is a is a challenging <laughs> residency and it's designed to it's designed to push you because, mm -hmm. you know, you have as a surgeon, especially general surgeon in the subspecialties, I mean, you have an enormous amount of responsibility to the community. You're making big decisions. You have to have good judgment. And so I think looking back, you realize that the residency program is not necessarily, it's not about the individual. It's about how we're going to produce someone who is going to fit into that role for society, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's pretty, it's a it's a long arduous task, um, but that's that's what's required, you know, because um, you're making big decisions. So. Yeah. So you you did four or five years of general before you branched off into vascular. Oh, so um, programs have changed over the years with mm -hmm. time periods. Um, but when I was in general surgery, it was very traditional. So it was five years of general surgery, and then two years of vascular fellowship. Um, mm -hmm. There were some you know, a lot of when I was in general surgery, most of the programs were seven years. Um, I think that's what made UK so popular is that they didn't require two research years, but a lot mm -hmm. of programs require uh, a minimum of two research years. 
-hmm. general surgery. So it's a total of seven. Some are longer, some, but, uh, but five is what I liked. And that, that program was popular. Vascular, I stayed on for vascular at UK. I, I absolutely loved it there. I, we had two kids there. My wife was an internist there. Um, she became an assistant professor there. Um, she was in, and was a breadwinner for a long time, uh, mm -hmm. while I was finishing my training. So I, you know, I, I really, I got a special, it's a special place in my heart. So. Mm -hmm. And then you went from there to Texas or did you go somewhere else first? Oh, no. Um, so like all good son-in-laws, um, my wife's family was all in Houston mm -hmm. and, um, for all the young physicians out there, I'll show you what I, I'll tell you what I did. I think that instead of looking for the job where it's based and you're looking for income or benefits or something, I think if you really decide where you want to live, like a location, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, we have two kids and it'd be really nice to, to live near family. Um, and I was like, we're going to move to Texas. My wife's like, no, we can move anywhere. And I go, well, I, I don't want to be on a plane every couple of months, you know, because mm -hmm. it's important. We had her, you know, we had uh, uh, other family members that had had kids that were the exact same age as our kids. And, and so that family was really, really, really important to me because um, we've been gone for a while. You know, I'd been in Europe and everybody's here and back and forth and, and then in Kentucky, raising a family by yourselves and then mm -hmm. trying to have family come in and out, but we were kind of spread all over. So, so I applied. So my, my tip, if you're looking for jobs is, you know, you can, it's okay to call a company. Like I would call every vascular surgery practice and I did it for, for Austin, Texas, Houston, and San Antonio. And eventually someone's going to pick up the phone. And this was like a nine month process. This was not one month and I give up, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I had a spreadsheet. My job was finding a job. And so uh, I was very persistent in a polite, professional manner. And uh, um, I found a group in San Antonio and they were like, uh, they picked up the phone and I was talking to one of the surgeons there. And I said, well, look, I'm, I'm moving to Texas. My wife's family's in Houston. I really like your group. I'd like to meet you. And they said, well, we're not hiring. And I said, well, I'm okay with that. I just want to meet you for 30 minutes. I'll pay my own expenses. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it. And they said, okay, all right, fine. Be here Monday, this date at seven in the morning. All right, great. Mm -hmm. So I was there, uh, 30 minutes turned into a few hours, a few hours turned into all day. And at the end of the day, and I really liked the group, you know, mm -hmm. the group was PVA. I mean, amazing, amazing. They're just nice to each other and vascular you know, sometimes, you know, not all vascular surgeons are cute and cuddly, you know, and, uh, but it was nice. It was a nice environment. People, um, people had families, people had grandkids. Um, and so I, I like that environment. Um, but anyway, at the end of the day, they said, well, we like you. We, we're going to offer you a job. We don't know how much you're going to, we're going to pay you. I said, that's mm -hmm. fine. You know, mm -hmm. I like it. We'll figure that part out, you know? And so that's what landed me in San Antonio um and i've been i've been extremely happy here it's a great place yeah. if, if you haven't been to san antonio it's a, it's i have a, actually well you not have for it, probably yeah in fantastic. 2005 <laughs> it's a so nice place to raise kids you know i mean yeah. it's a good it's a good it's the it's america's biggest town you know it's the seventh largest mm -hmm. city in the country you'd never guess it but i don't know it's just a uh, nice place to have 
kids and have a family and you can get anywhere in 20 minutes. Traffic's not too bad. Mm-hmm. It's always sunny. So, I mean, except for mm-hmm. the month of August, it gets so hot here. You want to cry. But well, that's pretty that. much everywhere at the moment. But yeah. <laughs> How hot has it been recently? Cause we've been having, Oh my gosh. Uh, well, you don't need to turn your oven on to cook anything. You can just put it outside in the sun, mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. but no, they had, uh, I would say, our hottest day got to about 108, which is a lot, yeah. um, especially for June. Um, it's cooled down a little bit. Now it's about 94, mm-hmm. but August will run, you know, the first summer we were here in 2013, I think it was over 100 degrees for like three weeks in a row. And that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, but outside right now, it's not too bad. So. Yeah, And you have air conditioning, so that's good. Oh, it's a month. The poor, I mean, the poor people it. in Britain and Ireland who were going through that, who went through that recently, and don't have generally don't have air conditioning. That was no. I mean, the only way degrees. to survive that exactly. Yeah, I mean, you just got to go down to the ocean and get in. You know? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> basically thing. what the most of my family lives along the coast of England, so they all they all trench to the to the beach. <laughs> yeah, with the dogs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So along the way, you you have two children. I do. I do. I have okay. a and they were both born. They were both born in Kentucky. How did they enjoy the move? Were they so little? It just oh, they were, they were moving. We go to yeah. But it was it was cute because um, you know you've got these little kiddos and and they had the heavy they had they had a heavy Kentucky accent. Mm-hmm. So when they moved to Kentucky, Texas, I mean it was it was pretty funny, you know. So how long did it take months. before they became Texan? A few months, and then. Yeah. You kids know, are kids, really fast they're so smart and malleable you know they just you know they adapt yeah. so fast you know yeah. and uh so it was uh it was pretty easy for them and and uh and, and we love living here you know i mean and, mm-hmm. and, uh practicing here is good uh, i have mostly a, an inner city practice um so we help we help as many people as we can you know uh regardless of their funding status or or what they need if if they come in to the to the hospital we do our best to do everything we can for them mm-hmm. which i think is important and uh, hospital administration is is uh happy to help with that or or do you have pushback sometimes i don't i think it's just a mix of trying to just serve the community mm-hmm. um i you know obviously hospital administration they have their own goals that have been set for them by either mm-hmm you know, the, the, the parenting, you know, over, uh, the big national, uh, oversight that, mm-hmm. that hosp- hospital CEOs can be challenged with. Um, not that it's a bad thing. It's just, they're, they're trying to run and, uh, run their business and, and at the same time help people. But for mm-hmm. the most part, if we do, if we have people who are just not that privileged to have insurance or who are underserved, we've never had any, pushback from the hospital you know if they come in through the er um they've been very good about just letting us take care of them you know i'll give them credit for that i mean they do they do a good job of that that's nice um and then uh and then uh you know we just we just do our best so Mm -hmm. do our best yeah why don't we talk a little bit because i know you've done you've got a lot of different things that you do i've got i've got so many subjects it's crazy so i'll probably (laughs) today i would really like you to talk a bit about the fact that you're a children's book author or a co-author i should say yeah um that was a new i i always enjoy um 
learning new skill sets and, mm -hmm. and, and, and experiences. And for those of you out there that have kids, um, I think that one of the reasons I enjoy new uh, skill sets is because you just never know what you can teach your kids in the future, you know? Mm -hmm. And so writing, I think, is an important one. And then the other thing was uh, creating the book was a labor of love between my wife and I. So I want to make sure I give full credit and I'm going to repeat it a bunch of times <laughs> so that it that it definitely gets on the air is that the book I, I did have the idea and I did write it, but my my wife, Amita, published it and made it work and would push me and say, hey, you got to get it done. Mm -hmm. So yes, I came up with the story, but the real person behind it is my wife. So. Um, and presumably you, these are stories that you were telling your children that you yeah so okay. uh, so like everything when my kids were little I'd tell them bedtime stories it was part of what I loved being a, a dad you know it was just it was a good role for me and mm -hmm. um, eventually I kind of ran out of stuff and so I went on to teach them about Nobel Prize winners which is always fun you know mm -hmm. um, you know I would, we'd have another they'd win a Nobel Prize in something and we would talk about it and then um, they, we kind of deviated from that and, and they wanted a pet and we bought them betta fish, which are super easy to take care of and very forgiving with kids. And so we had two of them, Spider-Man and Dragon. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. And um, so my kids, uh, they would enjoy them a lot. And what we did was um, eventually what I did was I took kind of educational material and then their pet betta fish and then I made them betta fish so that's where you have Arya and Krishna are my kids and it's like Arya and Krishna betta fish and and all the the adventures that they go on you know and I have I told it I still tell it and they're 10 and 12 now and I have to make it a little bit older for them mm -hmm. and I make it very funny and very entertaining and you know, they, they love it. I've told it to them for so long so, and, and I've wrote is, it. Down. Is this, is this book going to be a series of books? It's, it's, it wasn't. With further intended. adventures? Of <laughs> yeah. My, um, I'm definitely chasing it down the rabbit hole. It was mm -hmm. never really intended that way. Like at first, so the, so at first I was telling them all the stories. My kids loved it. My wife would fall asleep to them. And, um, I tried to make them as entertaining as I could. And, um, uh, oftentimes I would just kind of write down the subject matters of mm -hmm. each of the, which turned in different stories, turned in different chapters. Some of it I recorded a little bit. And when, um, a couple of years ago, uh, during COVID, my kids and my wife wanted to surprise me and they hired a ghostwriter and they were, and they tell the story better than I did because it's their story, but they were explaining it to the ghostwriter and unfortunately it, it did not work out. So they paid that individual or company. I'm going to keep it broad. Mm -hmm. um, and the next thing you know, we're chasing them to produce something that's a final result because it was mm -hmm. going to be my present. So my wife's like, is it going to get done? Is it this? And they're pushing it on and pushing it on. And what came back was disappointing to say the least. And, um, and we're like, Hey, you know, okay, well, where's our money? And they're like gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So they go, you know, and then later on, we found out that there are a lot more 
you have to be careful because it can be kind of scammy. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's what we went through, but it felt like that. Um, and then they came to me uh, and, and they were like, hey, we, this is what we wanted to do. Um, and we're sorry, but you know, it didn't work out. And I was like, well, I guess I'll start writing. Mm-hmm. And so that weekend I banged out like the bulk of the story, just like the, the, the meat of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote the first 15 chapters and then I was a very good technical writer, um, for research and, um, you know, it depends on who you ask because some people are way better than I am. I mean, they can crank stuff out and it's just like, I don't know how you do this. Um, mm-hmm. But I always felt like I was, I was good at it. Um, and then all of a sudden you're right, you're going from research, which is very technical and dry and like stereo instructions, unless mm-hmm. you're truly interested in the subject. Um, and if you're interested in it, it's fascinating, you know, so I don't want to, I'm not mm-hmm. bashing research. It's just, it takes you have to be in the field. All right. It's a different style. It's a different style and it's very textbooky. So I mm-hmm. like, you know, textbook is easy, comes easy to me. And then all of a sudden you're writing about characters and development and internal conflict and external conflict and how um, to define characters and their personalities and then put that on paper so that someone who can't see into your head can read that and, and get and form their picture. You know, their picture of your idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so, so that's, how, that's if somebody, if somebody thinks they've got an idea for a book, what do you, what would you suggest would be their first, obviously you probably should write something down. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, well, first of all, first of all, what I would say is, so well, here I'll get, I'll come to that question in a minute, but so anyway, so I wrote the book. Um, we found uh, a manager, April Cox is her name on Facebook. Um mm-hmm. She was fantastic. She didn't, all she did was manage the project. Mm-hmm. And then through her, we were able to, and it wasn't easy, uh, find editors. And it took some interviewing. And then we found a uh, graphic designer and mm-hmm. uh, illustrators. And illustrations was probably the most challenging part. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like someone's going to read your book and crank out a couple of pictures. It is a long, uh, arduous po- process. And the funny part was the graphic designer was probably the most important part because they're the ones, they have this talent to take it from pictures and, and text to make it look like a book. Mm-hmm. And so if I was going to say, and I'm going to come back to writing it, but don't go cheap on a graphic design, like mm-hmm. pay them, pay them what they're worth and they can take, and they will take your pieces of your book and then form it together and mm-hmm. get it ready um, for a professional look. Um, so that's that. Now, I got to come back to your question though, right? Uh, how do you start? Um, I would say really look at your time and see how much time you want to put into it. It's a mm-hmm. longer process because you're not only learning, you're not only writing your book, but you're also learning how to write one. Mm-hmm. And then um, at the same time, you're learning how to manage one and getting ISBN numbers sorted out and editing. And if you want illustrations, illustrations and trying to make it entertaining for the reader and provide uh, value to the reader, that's very important. Um, and so all that takes time and you become a better writer. Like I, I can tell you, I'm a, better, I'm a better character writer now than I was a year sure. and a half ago. Practice. 
Oh yeah. Practice tri- helps everything. Yeah, trial and error. And people would read it and they'd be like, what are you trying to say here? And I'm like, okay, let me delete, delete, go back. I probably wrote the thing 10 times. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I would say it's a labor of love. Um, and uh, you got to put some, and it's not as easy as you think. I mean, you got to put some time into it mm-hmm. um, for even the most simple story. Um, after we published it, then the fun part starts because it depends on what your intentions are. Mine, I wrote it for my family and my kids and to kind of cherish the bedtime stories that I told them. So I wasn't too motivated to sell a bunch of copies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are going to spend some money doing this. You could spend anywhere from, a, you know, 500 bucks to $100,000. You know, I mean, it, you know, we didn't spend near that much, but but certainly you spend a couple thousand dollars uh, doing mm-hmm. it right. Um, and then after we put it together and my wife gets credit for that, uh, she was the architect behind absolutely everything. Amita was like on the phone with an illustrator at nine 30 at night, you know, all the time, not, mm-hmm. not like, Oh, we did it once and it was so tough. No, no, no. This was like weekly bi-week, you know, twice mm-hmm. a week meetings and, arguing over one single picture there's 42 of them in the book and uh uh, so that was part of it and then um the i think the other thing about it was um when it came out and you publish it it's like it was awesome you know uh seeing you know your name in print and then i wanted amita to be an author with me so i'm like Mm -hmm. you you did so much you know Mm -hmm. i was like you got to be an author she's like i don't want to be on the front cover and I, being a, being a good husband, I asked to the point where I got in trouble. So, mm-hmm. and, and she's like, stop asking. I'm like, okay. And I, I wrote her a nice dedication page in there um, mm-hmm. because credit has to be given where credit's due. And, she, and that's what she wanted. So I did what I was told and, I, and she's Always happy. Good. Oh yeah, that's very, <laughs> that's, that's the secret to life. You just do what you're told, you'll be good. Um, and, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. We, we um, for fun, we'll order free copies. And you know how they have those little libraries, you know, like the mm-hmm. neighborhood library? Oh, the free, free little library? Little free oh, library. yeah. Like we'll go around like a little fairy and it's like, we'll put like two in there, you know, yeah. uh, for fun. And then little message, check us out on Amazon. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a nice hobby, you know, that, that my wife and I have together. Oh, are the kids still involved are they, they are and okay i was a bit nervous because when you have a middle schooler and you're writing a children it's a long book it's a 124 page book you know and it's got 42 illustrations in it and um and we did a nice job on it um i was not sure how my daughter was gonna how, how she was gonna be involved you know because she's older now She's in middle school and they were still pretty good about it. You know, mm-hmm. um, they were like, Hey, we want to do some illustrations. I'm like, oh, we'll take anything. I was like, if mm-hmm. you guys want to draw the pictures for the next book and I am, I'm writing a second one. Um, also it, about beta fish or a different subject. Oh no, it's uh, so there this, so I wrote the first, so the first book is the first 15 chapter, but mm-hmm. in my head, I have about like 155 chapters in my oh, head. Okay. So it's a sequel. I, get, I mean, <laughs> yes, as long as I can find time for it. Um, 
And uh, so I've started writing a second one about halfway into it. Mm-hmm. And then for fun, and, and I didn't write this, my wife did. So Amita wrote, um, because we're big on kids reading and writing, it's important to us. We have a small foundation. So she created a, an Arya and Krishna Beta Fish Adventures. Uh, it's called Your Adventure Waits, Awaits. Mm-hmm. And it's blank. It's the same book, but it's blank. And so kids can write their own stories. It asks some questions about their characters and everything that, that I was kind of asked um, right. from an editor. That's great. So You're encouraging future authors. That's wonderful. Right. Yeah. And so, so we had fun with that. And then um, we wanted to have some fun on Kickstarter. And mm-hmm. so I put together a little packet for Kickstarter, not to raise much, but mostly just to do it. Cause again, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, an activity book so that'll come out later later this month or september um you know it's like cross everything to do with beta fish so it's like crossword puzzles um connect the dots um all, all kinds of stuff it's about 30 pages and That's then great. Uh, so that was fun and we've had some other fun stuff we made uh, a beta fish luggage tags um and when i mean when i mean we i mean my wife um, cause I'll be, usually I'll be driving and we'll be visiting family and she's like, Hey, do you like this? And it's like Ari and Krishna beta fish socks, you know, and we we're like, sure. Merch. Okay. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> why not? Let's just get some merch going, you know? And then I was like, so we're, we're having fun, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think it's, I think it's good in the story. I did put, um, my family members in it. And mm-hmm. I put some internal jokes in there, which are always good. Um, and so my, my in-laws and, uh, and then on my side of the family, I think they, you know, they just like being in the story. Yeah, so. it's, not, it's lovely. It's a lovely little bit of a legacy for your kids and your grandchildren yeah. down, down the road. I and mean, that's, it's really wonderful. Yeah. And I liked it, you know, my wife and I did it together. That's nice. You know, so, yeah, um, and uh, so, so anyway, so that's kind of it. So if, if people do want to check it out, I always have to, you know, uh, give my pitch so they can they can see it on Amazon. It's the Adventures of Ari and Krishna Beta Fish. It'll, I'll, I'll make sure it's in the show notes and people can oh, well, go to link to link to Amazon. Although, well, thank you, thank you. It, I mean, does it sell anywhere other than Amazon? Because some people don't like to support Amazon. Uh, no, not right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are. I can tell you that we are learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually we'll, we'll branch outside of it. It was just, that was the kind of the easiest place to start. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean it's a, the final destination for us. That's great. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's been, it's been lovely having you as a guest. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us at Myth Magic Medicine. If you have found this episode useful, you can apply for free CME credit through the link provided in the transcript. If you're not a medical professional, please remember, while we're physicians, we're not your physicians. So please consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you have heard might apply to you or a loved one. Until next time, bye-bye.